0: Hey everyone and welcome to this sponsored podcast from Ossert's 2014 conference. My name is Patrick Gray. Uh, All of our conference from Ossert 2014 is brought to you by three terrific sponsors, Datacom TSS, Arbor Networks and FireEye. Big thanks to all of those sponsors for helping us put together this podcast series. Uh, Datacom TSS is a security consultancy here in Australia. A bunch of ex-government people, if you know what I mean, uh, started it up a few years ago and it's been growing uh, rapidly ever since. Datacom TSS is headquartered in Canberra but has a presence all over the country. And in this sponsor podcast, we're chatting uh, with Datacom TSS Principal Security Consultant Kate McInnes, who is based out of Perth. She spent six years at uh, Defence Signals before joining the company Uh, which has been doing work with a bunch of organisations that are likely to be targeted during the G20 Summit, which will take place in Brisbane in November. Now, as you'll hear, Kate's work has mostly been in locking down or helping clients to lock down systems that are likely to be targeted by state-sponsored groups. Uh, Not so much, Datacom's work has not so much been focused around hacktivists seeking to DDoS or deface and just make a lot of noise. Kate Explains.
1: Certainly, um, hacktivists are, are absolutely an adversary to be of c- concerned about during the G20, um, but, but primarily what we've seen based on our previous G20s and previous high-profile events is that G20-specific information is of concern and, and certainly, uh, uh, information that adversaries want to uh, get access to. Uh, so the likes of state-sponsored attacks as well as hacktivists are um adversaries that will be targeting the, the Queensland government and the Australian government agencies before, during and after the G twenty.
0: Okay, so this seems like your focus is less on the people who want to deface the local bus companies page and perhaps more on nation states who are seeking sort of, you know, intelligence, I guess you'd say, that, from around that's the G twenty. Right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So what sort of threat actors are we looking at here? Are we looking at well funded state sponsored groups?
1: What we've seen previously um, at G20s held uh, more recently in, in Cairns and St Petersburg is that state-sponsored attacks from originating from, from China and from Russia uh, have been seen and have been successful.
0: And how do, how do we actually base that attribution? Is that just based on the fact that they might have originated from some compromised machine in those countries or is there, or is there more to tie those attacks to those two particular nations in particular?
1: It's a, it's a really good question and, and of course attribution is extremely difficult to guarantee and also to do. I suppose what we've seen is tradecraft, which is similar to what we've seen before that have actually been attributed to to countries such as China and and to Russia. So it's more of a um yeah, an inclination based on, on what we've seen previously uh, and the G20 attacks align with the characteristics of how those particular state-sponsored attackers, uh, how they operate.
0: So, okay, we're talking about some pretty sophisticated, uh, you know, well-funded uh, groups of attackers. What sort of attack vectors can you expect to see uh, when, when they actually unleash all of, their, all of their tools and all of their, all of their techniques?
1: Sure. So so overwhelmingly the what we've seen at previous G20s is that spear phishing attacks via email are the most common form of attack vector. Uh, but what we expect to see in 2014 is a rise in watering hole style attacks and also um, potentially a rise in physical uh, attacks. So we're actually, we've seen some published industry research that suggests that cyber attacks will now be paired with physical access, which is which is certainly a game changer.
0: I guess I'm just kind of wondering what these attacks might look like, uh, and you know, you sure. mentioned things that we've seen in previous uh, G20s. I mean, are there public examples of uh, you know things that we have seen at previous G20s?
1: So the the Cannes G20 in uh, 2012. Eleven months actually before that that summit. So this is well before the summit actually kicked off. Uh, this has been published in the press. Uh, 150 French Ministry uh, of Finance computers were actually compromised, uh, and the attack vector used for that one was a spear phishing email attack. It was sent to targeted individuals within that organisation, so so to senior officials, uh, and and the aim of the attack, based on. Uh, the analysis that was done in, into the compromise was that the adversary was after G20 specific information. So, so that that, that one in particular is a, a pub- publicly known case. Uh, so, so also- is this
0: all, all about collecting information before the event that might give you know G20 negotiators an edge? Or are there different types of attacks? I, I imagine there would be some attacks that are more focused on gathering real-time information during the during the negotiations and events. And, and, and A- absolutely.
1: Whatnot. So, no, you're absolutely right. We, we've seen attacks before, such as the one in in Cairns. But actually, this is another um, publicly known uh, uh, compromise. Was that ten days after the the Cairns G20, uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia, uh, interestingly, was actually compromised. And again, this is from uh, through freedom of information. I believe this information was released. Um, Uh, and they were compromised, and again, the attacker was after G20 information. Uh, So you're absolutely right. It it is before, it's during, but it also is after. Uh, So not necessarily focused on real-time information, but certainly anything uh, to do with decisions that have been made or maybe even agenda items that will be discussed during the G20.
0: It's interesting. I remember that RBA, the Reserve Bank uh, hack, because, you know, everyone filed their freedom of information uh, <laughs> requests. And then, and then when we found out what happened, it was actually kind of a bit of a, a, a letdown because they detected a spear phishing compromise of a workstation and, and actually managed to kick the attacker off the network. So it was a bit of a, oh, we were hoping for something much worse.
1: <laughs> In 2013, actually, more recently at the uh, St. Petersburg summit. So that was the the last G20 summit. Uh, We also saw um, a number of targeted attacks. Uh, I believe it was actually an investigation carried out by CrowdStrike, who uh, published a paper on on what we've seen in 2013. And they actually mentioned uh, a G20-themed Attack uh, during the the Saint Petersburg Saint Petersburg uh, summit uh, again spear phishing. So overwhelmingly, what we've seen in uh, in previous years is, is that is the attack vector of choice. Uh, however, it's not it's not the only one that we expect may happen this year.
0: And also, when the Russian delegation gives you a show bag containing USB (laughs) devices, don't plug them in, okay? (laughs) Absolutely. That's a pro tip. (laughs) Now, uh, I understand Datacom TSS has been working with uh, various bits of government to try to uh, prepare for this. Uh, And you've prepared a list of your top five recommendations for organizations that want to batten down the hatches uh, for the summit. What do those recommendations look like?
1: I've just uh you know obviously there's a lot to be done between now and uh November we only have 7 months to prepare for the G20 from a security perspective. So I I've uh, based on the the uh the work that I have been doing with the Australian government I've really got five recommendations uh that the the uh Queensland government I think and the Australian government at large should focus on uh to prepare for the G20. The the first one is that government agencies really should brief their staff about the raised threat level during uh, the G20. uh, And these should be done, uh, these briefings should be done before, during and after the G20. Uh, The focus staff, I believe, that should be briefed are those staff that are in high-risk roles, uh, who have access to sensitive information, Physical security staff need to be briefed. Um, we, we've already determined that physical attacks may increase, uh, certainly because of certainly in Brisbane where the, the G20 is taking place. Uh, executives need to be briefed. They're high-risk uh, uh, staffs and, and, and are likely to be uh, a target. Uh, personnel who, who open, open um, unsolicited emails as part of their job, uh, so HR, for example, uh, they may, may well be a, a target for, for uh, uh, targeted attacks staff who have admin privilege, third parties who provide a service to the government, and also service desk. Uh, they're all, all considered high-risk roles within an organization, and they should be specifically specifically briefed on, on the threat level uh, for the G20.
0: Okay, what's your next recommendation?
1: <laughs> uh, patch, patch, patch. Unfortunately, uh, this has been said before, it's been said many times uh, that patching is important, but but it's absolutely true. Uh, not only just operating system patches, but applications. Client-side user applications must be patched.
0: All right. What's next?
1: Uh, harden, harden your SOE build. So, in particular, locking down, locking down the web browser, locking down your PDF reader, using a principle of least privilege. Uh, we've often seen that uh, SOI builds uh, the first point or the first node uh, of compromise during a targeted attack. So, so certainly hardening your workstation will put you in uh, in good shape uh, against a targeted attack.
0: We got two more. Let's hear them.
1: Uh, so, perform a dynamic content inspection and filtering on email and web. So, what I mean by that is uh, deploying a solution into your gate that will inspect ingress email and uh, egress web traffic uh, looking for anomalous behaviour. We can't rely on reputational services anymore. We can't rely on blacklists or sort of signature-based technology like antivirus. It's not sufficient for these style of attacks. So dynamic content inspection uh, is really important as well.
0: So that's your your fire eyes and sort of, uh, you know, kit like that.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Mm. And the last one
1: is... Uh, Restrict the use of admin privilege. So this is a big one, obviously, uh, a little bit difficult maybe to resolve between now and November. uh, (laughs) I think most of these
0: are actually pretty difficult to resolve between now and November. Introducing a squeaky clean uh, standard operating environment, getting your patch levels right and educating your staff. But I admire your enthusiasm.
1: (laughs) Well, in fact, patching is just a matter of improving SLAs. I think. And mm. and with the use of SCCM, it'll make it a lot easier for applications to get patched. Yeah. Uh, I know of a government agency that are looking to harden their SOE build before November. Yeah, uh, and 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 yes, certainly you're absolutely right with regard to admin privilege. It's difficult, but um, if we can't eliminate admin privilege across the organisation uh, due to business requirements, I think I think another approach would certainly be to issue, make sure those users that have admin privilege have a separate account that they use for email and web activities because they are the two vectors that are most likely, um, uh, so, you know, so m- yeah, most likely. Yeah, uh, even if they require
0: admin. admin access, just make sure that they're actually using. A a lower privilege account to do their thing. Otherwise, your attacker is going to pivot, aren't they? And they're going to own everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Kate McInnes, principal security consultant with uh, Datacom TSS. Thank you for that. That's uh, that was all very interesting stuff. And I got to say, uh, it's funny that you mentioned the physical controls there because I know some guys who were who were doing a pen test, a red teaming exercise, where they actually walked in a sort of drop box to plug into a rack uh, at the Target's data center and they were stopped by the physical security guards who asked them, what are you doing? And they said, we're installing a remote access device. And the security guard said, okay, uh, and left them to it. Uh, But Kate McInnes, that's all we're going to have time for. (laughs) Thank you very much uh, for all of that. And uh, I'm sure we will speak to you again sometime soon.
1: Thanks, Patrick.